0: The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Jack Newman.
1: I'm Ben Howard. And I'm Trevor
0: Flynn. And welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast, where this week we talk about absolutely no movies because we want to. <laughs> yeah, this is, this like is seven ex- movies out this week. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I you know we were off last week, and we went and we had a we had a like a like a stroke, and now we're just a, we're just just an animation podcast. Uh, this oh week no. we're going to be taking. Yeah, I know. Animation is taking us over. Help. <laughs> well you do have most of the cast on here for this so this should be good exactly. this week we're going to be taking a look at the american animated television miniseries over the garden wall uh yeah this uh, it's going to be fun we're going to be doing a dark fantasy adventure uh okay this is you know created by patrick McHale for cartoon network it tells the story uh the series follows two half brothers I don't ever realize they're half-brothers. Wirt and Greg, uh, voiced by Elijah Wood and Colin Dean, respectively, who become lost in a strange forest called the Unknown. In order to find their way home, the two must travel across the seemingly supernatural forest with the occasional help of, of the wandering, mysterious, and elderly woodsman and Beatrice, an irritable bluebird who travels with the boys in order to find a woman called Adelaide, who can supposedly undo the curse on Beatrice and her family and show the half-brothers their way home. Wirt, the older brother, is a worris- as warrior prone teenager and were and would rather keep to himself and have to make than have to make a decision Jesus his three passions are
2: explain this part I think we
0: yeah 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 this is this is where Oh, yeah you're right probably the best the first one is good all right full stop half brothers on their way home that's what they're trying to find. So, Two Brothers in the Woods. It's a loose adaptation of Dante's Inferno, or at least the first part of Dante's Inferno. Uh, with uh, Whoa, or back e-
1: it up. That's 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 a reading. That's not a fact. That's a rock fact. <laughs> really? Really? It's a
0: rock Let's fact. Let's talk. It's a rock fact. <laughs> Go on. Like... The 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 bluebird
1: is. I know. Beatrice. I got you. I thought. I thought as soon as like the Beatrice guide figure shows up, I was like, oh, and, and, are we doing something? And they're there? in the woods.
0: I mean, I'm not. I I'll agree like, with you. It's not like an adaptation of of like Dante's Inferno. No, they don't so meet probably, all the Greek philosophers on their way, and like it's not straight Inferno. <laughs> All right. I, what you don't think Auntie Whispers is secretly Socrates no I'm no. just kidding um, <laughs> sorry <laughs> so it's not again not an adaptation but it's definitely uh, it's definitely cribbing notes and some general with some general pastimes generally it's the whole point here is dark fantasy uh, themes of the afterlife uh, it's you know this is a spoilers podcast so we can actually talk about it in terms of spoilers uh, it suggests that uh, they have like kind of a flash before their deaths and they're wandering trying to find their way uh, home or back to the living world uh which is never really particularly explained which i kind of enjoy um because there's that little tease at the end of the whole series but uh, mm-hmm. yeah let's go ahead and talk around the circle let's go ahead and start with you ben uh what did you think of over the Garden wall and again this is the 10 episode mini series.
2: yes and then we should also mention it aired in 2014 we're, we're just uh it's yep. just been kind of every Halloween it comes back up. Halloween special. It's a very autumn-y thing. Uh, it's it's. I like this a lot. I saw it a year after it came out in probably 2015, and and just rewatched it uh, last night, and I was really worried <laughs> rewatching it, like, because it just was just so weird and unique when I first saw it. That yeah. You know Sometimes when you rewatch something that you're kind of now know the beats of. Will it still hold something interesting to you? And actually it did because there's a reveal at the end of the series, which uh, I guess we'll spoil right ahead, that the two kids are actually from sort of uh, kind of vague 70s, 80s, I would say. Uh, there's like a lots of tape decks yeah. and uh, it's, old it's cars. It's
0: like Batman the Animated Series. It's somebody, sometime between the 1920s and 1990s. We don't know. <laughs> <Right>. It's
2: vague, <laughs> vague, nostalgic time. Um, yeah. But you kind of assume for most of the series that they are uh, people from that same land. You don't really that they were just kind of lost in this weird wilderness. Um, so I appreciated rewatching it for that, but also I just really, really appreciate the tone of this. Um, there's something that it kind of captures a lot of elements for what is just, uh, there's just kind of this idea of spooky, not necessarily scary autumnal stories, which I really like stuff like Ichabod Crane and, uh, um, I was also very reminded of uh, The Wind in the Willows, just this kind yeah. of idea of lots of yeah. animals. And it's kind of taken from this 1800s, 19, early 1900s Americana. Yeah. It has a lot of elements of, but also like early animation. There's a lot of tributes to like Walt Disney in it, like very early Walt Disney. Um, there's like a tribute to who Cab Calloway's performance in a mm-hmm. uh, uh, Betty the Song Boop. of the Highwaymen. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. The Highwayman is a straight up Cab Calloway song, and it's or, like it's a send up. And I thought that was so cool to see on this round when I'm really kind of understanding it. So, just this really nice love letter to the kinds of stories that I feel like Patrick uh, McHale really loves. He's kind of semi surreal, semi sweet, but also often very disturbing. And like right. the second episode is really gets under my skin, um, as does the uh, Auntie Whispers, which I think is the one most people find. The creepiest uh but yeah also there's just really cute episodes there's really funny episodes there's really moving episodes i really love the the any of the songs are really good it's just a very strange interesting collection of shorts that leaded to a a single vision i think it's also some interesting a cartoon miniseries that's just not something that you get really especially yeah. in american animation i mean there's it's, probably better it's examples in japanese but
0: i, I it's pretty I don't know any say, it's pretty fair to say that honestly this is like its own form and it's one of those things when you watch this series you can tell from the beginning like they wanted to tell the series i mean patrick McHale said he originally was 18 episodes and they cut it back to 10 for budget which i believe but at the same time like they definitely made this piece not for necessarily monetary gain so much as it was made for and of itself
2: yeah and it has continued on in comic books and stuff but i can't imagine it's it's on the level of right. you know a steven it's clearly universe, a passion a, project uh, Right. Yeah. And with a cartoon show, you want it to be a long running syndicated hit. You want a a Steven Universe. You want a, 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 you know, there are some examples like Gravity Falls and Legend of Korra, which kind of build their audience and then kind of more appeal to adults for that reason. But like, this is. Kind of appealing to, like, weird kids. (laughs) I mean, I like it too, but
0: I feel like a really weird nine-year-old could... I don't know. I was I was actually disturbed by how much the pumpkin spice crowd likes this show. It's it's, (laughs) it's one of those things that throws me off a bit. It's like I was talking to, like, you know, to, like, three women, uh, and they were like, yeah, I love to sit down with a pumpkin spice latte and watch Gravity Falls. I know that that's... I'm, like, painting this as, like, a group of people, but I live with Katie, and she is, like, you know she describes herself as such so yeah it's every year like when pumpkin spice lattes comes out we have one she decorates for like halloween and we watch you know over the garden wall now and that's just our life so oh that and hocus pocus that's like the that's like the two yeah. right it's cartoon
2: network going out purposely to try to make a cult show which is kind of interesting and i think it's
1: yeah. mostly succeeded yeah. i hear it every year which is yeah i think telling but i'm curious what trevor thinks of it oh yeah, yeah yeah trevor so, thank you. I kind of want to offer, sort of, the just for sake of contrast, oh, <laughs> at least oh, to counterpoint sure. yeah, to the cult opinion. <laughs> um, I know I really enjoyed this. Um, my girlfriend kind of heard about, hey, this is a good thing to watch during the fall, is the reason why we got around to watching it. And I also saw some like YouTube analysis like popping up in my feed and it's like, oh, yeah, that looks like an interesting thing. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed watching it. I, um, I totally respect and I'm fascinated by the amount of work that went into it. And we've kind of talked about the references, Um, like just the sheer amount of things this cribs from just, I think creates its own aesthetic in a really unique way Um, that I really respect and get why there, I think that kind of drives the cult kind of like fascination with it is Part of the reason that it's endured and like has spawned like the secondary media kind of stuff and i like get that part of it but on i have like this reaction against that too on the fact that i think this is more aesthetic than story to an extent um which is not like a bad thing but I guess that's, like, as I was watching it, my reaction is, is, like, just as often as, like, charmed is, like, what? Which is part of the point. And I think it's <laughs> a distinctly, like, nostalgic kind of aesthetic mixed with a modern, ironic distance, which is part of what makes the humor of it and the creepiness of it work, is that you never know whether to be terrified or charmed by something or just mildly disturbed. And that's part of why the show works for people. And I think just watching it for me, it's like from a story perspective and emotionally connecting with it, that was kind of also like a problem for me from like episode to episode. I'm like, why why is this happening? It's just like, just for the point to like confuse us or like throw us off or, you know, and I, f- I think that, I feel like that's intrinsically part of the aesthetic of Over the Garden Wall. It, I don't right. think it's necessarily well, a bad thing. It just doesn't always work for
0: me. I, I guess, I guess, I, I mean, and, and I'll say, I'll say this up front: like it, it, works for me beginning to end, and I and I have no, I have very few qualms about this piece. And part of the reasons is I think a lot of that has to do with the length of it and the fact that it doesn't overstay its welcome. And it's ten episodes; they're shorts, and it's it's nice. But more to the point, to what you're saying, I. I dis- I disagree, but I also think like for instance, like Ben references the, the the second episode as being the one that gets under people's skins, and it always has that joke when it's like, you know, you walk into a barn and somebody's carving a pumpkin with a knife, and his face is a pumpkin, and it's revealed later that you know mm-hmm. they're wearing pumpkins. But, at the same time, it's like it's it's genuinely uh it's genuine like it horf it's like a horrifying like it well, puts you in mind
1: wearing pumpkins, so it's still terrifying at the end well it's, it's not about yeah. them
0: being skeletons, it's about like it's it's like somebody carving their own face, you know, like it's freaky <laughs> mm-hmm. and it gives it gives all this associations and other things, and I think that's that's the fun of it though, like the show is trying to freak you out in like a very subtle way. it's a subtle freak out way,
1: yeah.
2: That, that episode really works for me because of the ending where the whole the, the skeletons come up and he's like you'll be here soon it's like a little bit of a you'll float to kind of uh the creepy suggestion of that this is where everyone goes to die and put on pumpkin hats and dance yep. around there's just something again very surreal and what I appreciate is I've often said is that uh, I appreciate surreal things that have a bit of humor to it and a lot of the humor comes from that you have a Somewhat cynical teenager walking around giving very postmodern, ironic takes on Americana weirdness, you know, mm-hmm. and like old school folk tale and storytelling. Um, which I think is where a lot of the charm for me comes into is that interplay of Wirt and uh, and uh, oh, I forgot the other kid's name and Greg. Uh, is that like Greg is just the classic, adorable kid trope, you know, he's just like. Joy and his pockets are literally filled with infinite candy, which is really? always makes me laugh. Yeah. And he has a uh, frog that he gives eight million names. And uh, he's just like the the definition
0: of too precious <laughs> of a
2: child, but still Here, like in a good way. Here's a good, here's a good quote to you
0: guys both. Uh, what What do you guys think his Halloween costume is?
1: Oh, I was just about to spoil it sorry oh <laughs> go ahead go ahead go ahead I was about to say well I was about to say he's got a teapot is on his head because he's dressed up as an elephant how can you not buy into that like, <laughs> it's it's, it's perfect it's
0: literally he's he's perfect and I have to admit one of my favorite parts of this series is when he's like battling the devil it's just like his optimism like the devil is like no yeah, match his optimism, for his endless it's, optimism
2: <laughs> it's like Paddington trying to fight the devil like he would just get oh, so it's, exhausted
0: it's, <laughs> it's one of those it's, it has like one of those Doctor Who levels of charm you know you're just like oh god
2: (laughs) well they do very good subversive things in this show there's a there's a really hilarious moment i very much appreciated in the modern section the one episode was all in the modern day Where he keeps mentioning, like, oh, you know, if you don't ask this girl out, this guy, uh, I think his name's Patrick or something, he's got like a full name, and he's like, he's going to ask him out. He's like, oh, no. And then, like, you expect like the classic trope of like a big jock who's super handsome. And then it's like this total dweeb. Yeah. And that's who they (laughs) were talking about the entire time. And it was so funny. Fucking funny to me
0: when that was revealed. Yeah. <laughs> really, and it, it, it's such a good really name because Jason Thunderburger is like Thunderburger. Somebody that could, that's it. Yeah, oh, he, yeah. He could be somebody that's either a nerd or a jock. And it's just it and like I could see people like slaving over the perfect name for that joke. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that's <what>
1: was, <laughs> and they got it. <laughs> yeah, because burger kind of implies he's like a meathead and thunder. Right. Kind thunder of, thunder implies he's like yeah. a wizard yeah. when he plays D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's it's
0: it, it works. It works on so many levels. It's, I don't know why it works,
1: but it works. <laughs> I guess that's an example of a joke for me that like didn't connect, like it's like, oh, that's the joke. And then as they like it's just repeated, I'm like, I, I I get it. Like I get what it's sending up. It's like the classic, I guess, nostalgic kind of like seventies movie where like that's the plot or whatever, but like if it's just that I don't know. I I didn't enjoy it. It's definitely not just
0: that. I mean there's meanings and and lots of other things. No, I mean that that
1: joke is like one dimensional. Like that that specific joke is like
0: Well, I don't even think it's particularly a joke. It it it, it gives it's character development for uh uh fuck, I always mix them up. For Uh, work, yeah, that he's just
1: that insecure that he sees this dweeb as like No, it's
0: not that he's insecure, it's about I think it, I think it also gives character developments for him in context of suggesting that like you know he, there's things he cares about like he's you know, he when he's talking about his like clarinet playing he's like I don't have the embouchure for this like yeah. it's 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 a it, it's a it's a multi level dissatisfaction with himself that has less to do with the individual and the fact that he's not I don't, I don't like it suggests yeah it, but I don't really I mean, think what it's what,
1: an, what else would that be that he's just like so insecure that he sees it? and that's that's part of what bothers me is like that's never like explained to me is like why he in particular is that it insecure is it because he's a nerd and he's in a nerd culture and it's not popular and mainstream yet In this no 70s? why does it
0: need to be why did look i i disagree with you entirely why does a fucking child need to be have to have a reason to be insecure you're you're he's like skinny and and he's kind of and he's you know he's intelligent and that's that's enough to like put his flag up in terms of like being in that camp and i never had a problem with like explaining his insecurity and i somebody who has had insecurity i don't think i I, like you know why do i have insecurity trevor like there's never an actual reason it's just like who you are as a person
1: i don't don't know like maybe there are reasons i feel like i feel feel like the joke is making it like and i i'm not saying i don't relate to that by any means i'm just saying the joke that he's threatened by this guy that he has no palpable there's no joke to to it it's character development it's character development okay you can't just say it's character development when it doesn't mean anything
0: yeah, it does. It means something, it means something for the fact that, like, you know, it shows us that he's, like, he's not based, his, like, fears are not based in reality. Well, he's yeah, very okay.
2: overly analytical. I mean, that's, right. like, the, that's like, the character development that comes along the entire time, okay. is that he overthinks every little thing to the point that, like, when he gives out the, right, you know, the, he works so hard on the thing, and then, like the, the costume is a good example of that where he's like i have to come up with this perfect original costume and look at like a cape and a, i'll cut off this yeah. hat and then this thing and he's like yes and then everyone's like are you a gnome like what are you and everyone has like the most basic obviously identifiable costume in comparison but he has to like kind of go to the beat of his own drum and like thinking over on the tape and everything like that so i think that's where it kind of more comes from is that he over analyzes things and can't see he, obviously he that the girls more interested in him than thunderburger
1: yeah right all right. and, and I, I guess and I can
0: accept that. And that's recontextualizing, like, kind of everything we've seen up to that point, too. It's and the, the way that they play that. I think I think Thunderberger folds into the rest of that reveal about his personality, and and it kind of informs, like, he's he has faults that he's displayed before, but this informs the depth of those faults that we haven't been aware of. Like he hints, okay, like the rest. Fair of the point. Is,
1: I just I guess I need you all to explain to me, like, how does that tie into his like suddenly his big character moment is like oh i neglected my little brother i need to take care of my little half brother like i i don't know like i don't see how the underworld adventure like makes him necessarily like relates to what we see as the reason for the adventure happening
0: I mean I, I mean I think I think the thing is like the big moment for us is when he doesn't fall to the beast and he does that by, by, by like not thinking it through just like thinking like you know he I, I love the moment when he doesn't do that, because the whole thing about it, he's like, wait, no, that's dumb. It's not because he thought it through, it's because he thought of it as a whole, and he's like, no, obviously that's dumb. I'm not going to think this through, and that's about him getting confidence and coming back to the moment. That's that's the denouement of his character, and Wart, is. it's not about the brother's relationship in some respect. Yeah, it's about loving your brother, but in terms of his character arc, his character arc is a totally internal and then the plot is about him coming around and, and gaining faith in, in and of itself and being worthy of, like, the the faith that, uh, that his little brother puts in him.
1: Yeah, I, I saw someone analyzing it as, like, he decides to face the beast or something, and, like, by facing no, the unknown, no, that's his, no, like, I, don't, I don't. I don't get that. Well, I, what, I, just, I, I just, don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I need to watch it again, because specifically how that moment works is, like, still... I, I, y'all haven't convinced me yet. Is all, is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is also that I, like, I, I have a uh,
2: distinct reaction to the way uh, the the YouTube channel Folding Ideas just had a really good episode on Annihilation, on his frustration with so many YouTube channels literalizing that film yeah. that is very metaphorical. Uh, oh, yeah. And so it is a similar thing. I have a issue with this, which is that I feel like it is. And particularly this is even tougher for me because I don't think there's as many like clear themes in this show, which I can understand if you. that's part of the frustration. But as much it is more a dreamlike, surreal atmosphere. Uh, and I don't even think even individual episodes kind of have themes as much as sort of visitations on elements. I think there's sort of a central theme with the beast and the woodsman and the metaphor of like, you know, not holding on to your your grief and causing more grief in the world by trying to make it better and things like that, which I think are fairly interesting.
0: Ben, I swear to God that, that annihilation video came out yesterday. (laughs) I just saw that. I see. You're talking fast. Are you talking about the folding ideas one? You're like talking about, Oh, it's been on a while. And I was like, yeah, annihilation came out a
1: while ago. And it's like,
0: it was yesterday.
1: (laughs) Which, which video are you talking about? Ben, are you talking about the folding ideas one? Yeah. I Annihilation and decoding metaphor. Okay, yeah, yeah uh, I just saw that, and I was like, that's what we need, another I- Annihilation video. That film is, like, so overanalyzed for what it... Like, it just doesn't make any sense at the end of the day. I just don't think it does. No, I, I disagree it, entirely. Like, I
0: think I think there is good metaphor in there, and I think that's the same thing in play here. I mean, you have to accept that some, twi- like, works are, in, are more metaphorical than anything else, and it's like, you're looking at, like, kind of, like... Yeah, the but mechanics. metaphorical
1: means, like, a standing in of something for something else. It doesn't mean like a lack of consistency and like coherence
0: well well there there's no okay well i'm i'm gonna put my foot down on that there is nothing about this show that is incoherent
1: uh, I, oh, I, oh, I i I, I disagree i i definitely disagree
0: you're gonna you have a i mean i, I I love you like n- no offense this is like one of those ones where I have to say like you know from an argument perspective you no, need this is to put
1: because like I want to talk about this show because my reaction to it was so ambivalent to where I was just like in love with the aesthetic and the music and everything about it but at the same time didn't really understand what the point of it was um for like I guess the woodsman is another example for me for like You know, and as I, like, Googled YouTube videos and, like, got into, like, more of the analysis of it and had other people, like, explain the show to me, then I maybe started to appreciate it more. But I also resented having to do that work to get it, which is, like, normally exactly what I'm about is, like, having to do the work to understand a work of art. But, like, the woodsman's motivation being that, like, the beast somehow tricked him into the fact that his daughter's soul was in the lantern and it's like we have no idea what happened between the woodsman and his daughter in the first place. And like, did she just go missing? What, what did he think she was dead? Did he think like, why was she dead? Like, you know, and it's just that kind of like missing piece to me is like something that is part of the aesthetic is being held out as like a mystery portion of like why the aesthetic is supposed to work. But for me, from a narrative perspective is like, that's a character motivation that I don't totally understand. And that makes the story less powerful for me. Like, I that, that's I, kind of my I, my what I'm wrestling with with this Ben this you and you
0: wanna, are you in a dis- uh, you take a yep yeah, Ben <laughs> He broke Jack thanks Trevor it's <laughs> <laughs> a lot
2: uh yeah I mean again it's just a thing of like I, I disagree because it is all playing off of this idea of folklore and kind of recontextualizing and creating different kinds of folklore like the. Uh, the, the anti-whispers uh, is like the classic, like, oh, the evil aunt who eats turtles and controls her daughter. But the daughter actually is evil and actually does have an evil spirit in her. And yeah. she actually kind of loves her in a strange way. And even though she eats turtles, she's not all that bad. Uh, voiced by tim curry which i thought was really cool I was like, oh, what? What is this that's so? why that was so creepy i was like what is that very really strange voice and it's tim curry it's as after his stroke and his voice has changed a lot after his stroke and uh i'm glad he still gets work because his voice is it's not like it used to be but it's still very interesting in a very different way so i was anyways i just was glad to see that um but uh yeah it's it's uh it's I think a lot of the the show is about recontextualizing a lot of those ideas and kind of demystifying and also um I don't know there's like the whole there's the spooky manner bit. And the whole joke of the spooky manor is that yeah. two rich people have built manors so big, they don't know that they're all running into each other, which is kind of yeah. hilarious. And the whole thing's a good parody of rich people, which I enjoyed. Um, <laughs> and John Cleese is just so great in that uh, that episode. Um, but I think it is just kind of contrasting a lot of those strange, uh, surreal stories that kind of lead to a singular. Um, moral you know it's like all these old stories were very much about you know uh don't don't steal from witches i don't know whatever (laughs) but um and i think part of why you could maybe have an issue with this is that it doesn't kind of then give you a single moral but i think that's kind of part of postmodernism is that there isn't like a it's kind of
0: it's kind of about morals and moralistic storytelling in general is maybe where like this is getting out of hand for you, is because like, it's kind of about fairy tales. Is like where I take this series to me. No, I and, see that definitely. And so, it's kind an of American and also,
2: storytelling in general, which is why I like it. It's like a love letter to yeah, that's that. But animation and Wizard of Oz and like, there's all kinds of older things yeah. that have now defined what modern cartooning is inherently in their bones. Um, Even if they're not directly referencing as much as this show, you know, it's like kind of looking back at that and like what were all these things that kind of influenced modern early yeah. cartoons and then slowly uh, through evolution became, you know, your, your, your Spongebobs and your Steven universes. And, you know, yeah. maybe you don't directly see the line from the wind in the willows and, and steamboat Willie to this, but there is a line there, you know, Oh no, like, it's, it's a pretty wobbly one, <laughs> but it's, it, it gets there.
1: Yeah. I, one of the interesting things I, fact, rock facts i guess i i heard about it yeah. is that the i just I, I like that joke i do i do uh, like that joke yeah. um the, the episode what, what 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 are the episodes um where grug is having his like adventure in the clouds that looks like a more explicit reference to early animation actually um wasn't supposed to be as explicit as it is they supposedly it was just a fact that production that they didn't they didn't have the time to like cover it up and like i guess add on to it enough to distinguish it from like the early animation character models or, or whatever exactly they were going to change I don't, I don't
2: know if I, re- I reject that just because they had very noodle arm animation which is a very classic it's called hose and noodle animation yeah the i mean that was my feeling too flowing <laughs> I, so i don't know. know if i buy i don't know that kind of Gets into the whole, oh, Deadpool had that ending because they didn't have guns. No, they scripted that ending. Don't don't yeah. tell me that. I don't know. Yeah. That might just be a little bit of flair to make it sound more interesting. I mean, they certainly cut animation as part of it. It's like old animation had very clear, like, you do one motion over and over again. Um, like, especially background characters in old Disney shorts would do that. So if they wanted to cut yeah. costs, it's certainly the good episode to do it. Hmm. But then, like, you had that song about the old... Uh, the old man, North Wind, or whatever, and that was like very old school 30's oh, yeah. cartoons.
1: Oh yeah, that
2: Maybe felt sure. straight out of like a Disney movie.
1: Did we lose Jack? I think you broke Jack for good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I think he had another thought that I cut off. I just wanted to finish the the animation thought. Jack, he's still there? I think we lost him. Oh my god, I killed Jack!
2: <laughs> you actually did. You broke it. <laughs> it wasn't even that, didn't even feel like your takes were that harsh. They were just f- mild and best. It's just maybe moderate. I,
1: I, I, yeah, I I feel like maybe I'm characterizing this show unfairly as being like more ironic than sincere, and I don't mean to like do the David Foster Wallace thing, but like if it's a postmodern take on like Americana and like moralistic fairy tale storytelling, I guess I just like is that I, I feel like it comes out more ambitious. Ambiguous on it than like fully going one yeah, way. Yeah, I would other. say it's
2: more dreamlike and and surreal than like a straight up like because like it's you not trying to, that, to send it up. Have, like it's a if it's no. A parody, I think there's a love a to it love. too. Yeah, I think yeah. it's just a modern approach to it. Like because you have two, you know, modernish. But I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they're probably. He's probably taking off on well, let me see. How old is he?
1: Patrick like I don't right want Shrek. That's not what I want. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants so, Shrek. We all, <laughs> all right, so he's nobody not, wants that anymore. He's probably not
2: as old as Greg and Word are and if they were born when they were born like the late seventies. He was born in nineteen eighty three, the creator, but I think he's probably still viewing that time nostalgically. It's usually the twenty years before you is when you're like look back on. So I think it's like that idea of like what is a how does a person in grow up in the 80s (laughs) look at like these feelingly old school outdated things because i never really connected to like win in the willows in particular i found that book really excruciatingly boring as a kid i just never never connected to it
0: it's a bad book it is a bad (laughs) book i'm sorry like it's just it's very it's very school assigned reading if you know what i mean that Mm. and white fang too
2: ah white fang yeah what was yeah. the other one? What
0: was the? I mean, I, actually, about... I actually, I actually, I, I, know everyone got assigned uh, *Catcher in the Rye*, but I actually enjoyed that quite a bit.
1: Wait, I thought you hated *Catcher in the Rye* because you were forced to read it in high school, and like it's the worst mm. book to force someone to read because it's anti-like, it's it's about not that.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, it's about yeah, not reading it's, your books. I mean, I would I would maintain that that's super ironic, but I feel like. No, you know what? I know what you're talking about. It was Jack London. It was, uh, shit.
1: Have gotcha. you, like, reread it since I last talked to you about it?
0: No. Have we talked about Over the Catcher in the Rye? Mm-hmm.
1: About, about Over the Catcher in the Rye? Rye? Yeah. I mean, we have to. We have to
0: talk about when we did Ghost in the Shell, so.
1: Yeah. You know. I, I remember that's myself being, like, more of a Salinger fan than you. It's, it's mm. why I... No, that's, that's,
0: that's obvious just from our base personalities. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry I'm teasing um, no but I am I'm a. I'm a buttoned up stiff that goes uh, that uh, goes and works for the man I don't know what that That's this bit is happening um, well, I'm unemployed yeah.
1: so that's not necessarily I didn't, that wasn't where <laughs> I was <laughs> going with this but I got in there and I,
0: I feel really bad as a person so you <laughs> win that one my bad <laughs> um, yeah. you're not unemployed
1: too It's. It's. I was about to say um Ben and I were talking about like this being a postmodern take on folk tales and me I guess being unsettled with like if it's ambiguous versus like a deliberate take but Trek is not what I want either and he well, was just like yeah it's more of a modern kind of thing I was like I guess I could accept that if that's if that's like, its purpose, you know?
0: I mean, a little bit, Wurt is kind of the stand-in for the... Uh, I mean, a little bit the stand-in for the audience and his over-analysis of what's going on. Yeah. I like think it's a clever way of just sort of poking fun. It's like, don't worry too much about, like... like not, a bird's I brain think,
1: does not have the capacity for speech. There's not enough room, <laughs> I like think. Sort of right, right like exactly. Yeah. Or, <laughs> right. Or, or, or even just... And then, then
2: that's why it pays off well with the Beast, which is just like, no, I'm not going to become a parable. Uh, or a spooky ghost story, you know, of the woodsman who then gets taken over and you're in the new woodsman, you know. Like, no, I'm just gonna stop this now. I don't wanna, you know. I, I just like, I love I'm that not gonna mo- play the that game. that moment kind of is so attitude. important
0: to why this series overall works for me. <laughs> like the fact that he's like, No, that's so dumb. <laughs>
1: fuck you. <laughs> like
0: it's just such a it's like, just such a beautiful reaction.
1: Is that moment, like, part of our, like, ironic distance from sincere storytelling, or is that moment really intrinsically built up by his character development and everything that he's been And by through, his I character guess. development, I would say. Yeah, see, that's the I, I
2: think mean- we're... We're gonna differ you, me, and Jack with you, Trevor's. I, I agree with this character, and I think maybe I think, to be fair, I both
1: need to watch it again to like. Because
2: so I think that's why Beatrice is like so important to the show. I mean,
1: I, I I, I don't
0: I'm not gonna be told to watch something again, dude. I've I've this I've watched this show every year since it since. No, like, I'm
1: saying I, I need to watch it again. He needs oh, to. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I was I was about to say I was like I've oh. seen it once. Yeah, You've seen Trevor. it ten times. I am I am admitting out of hand that you may have like.
0: No, and I—I I, I, I don't. I, I, don't think it, off, I
1: think I don't, it did I don't found it. I don't believe it. that. I don't. I'm
0: like you know. I've only seen. Uh, pet girl of sakura sao once but i know it's the best anime ever made um, so let's not talk about it <laughs> <laughs> i've only seen yeah, Paddington so two fair. three times
2: but i know it's the best film ever made
0: so. yeah exactly I mean, you just know i only know. saw citizen kane once but yeah whatever it's, it's that's true good. i've only seen andre
2: Rublev once and i think that's the it,
0: there's, there's read, a lot so. of really good movies that i will only ever watch once and not just because it's like something like daisies <laughs> Oh, something Daisy. you despise. That was, that was I'll never forgive Keating for that. Honestly, I'll just never forgive him for making me watch Daisies I just, I was just, I remember watching it in the classroom and just turning to look at him and like, "You did this to me. It's you made fault. me give hours of my
1: life for this." Sorry, it's anyway. only like an hour and twenty-minute like, movie. too It sounds like you begrudgingly hated it, whatever, or begrudgingly it's, liked it, whatever. He, I don't even think begrudging. I think he hated it. I hate I hate daisies. Oh, oh, okay. I,
0: daisies, daisies is the height of what I call cinema esque bullshit. Uh mm-hmm. but let's not mm-hmm. talk about it. Um sorry, I I don't want this to become about daisies. Because we could we could legitimately make people watch daisies and do a cast about that, which I kinda do. Now that I've talked about it, I kinda want to do and go back and be like, oh, <sighs> I can inflict this upon other beings. <laughs> oh, gee, Pass the hate <laughs> on. Anyways, uh yeah, so no, so uh Core theme issues like I, I think that both of us are gonna disagree with you, Trevor here because I think the his final moment, Wirt's decision at the end is both character development for Wirt, but also kind of a contexting contextualizing statement about the series as a whole. Um, and that like how is it solved? It's solved by us taking from taking from the story the thing that's actually important. You know, which the thing is, that's a, the thing is not the context of the story isn't important. The
1: moral is important, which like is the learning.
0: What? No, the, the, it's about
1: morals. It's about oh, taking oh, it's the just correct thing. Having from a that. moral, like it's just about yeah. having a moral, not not the more like there's no particular. Right. No, no, no. Moral. It's yeah, well, that's about the whole. Like, story yeah, I don't think from there's your like experience. A, go ahead, Ben. Yeah, I don't Sorry. think there's like a like a like a pat
2: thing, and I think it's why it inspires so many YouTube videos to try and give it a pat. You know, sort of uh final sentiment um yeah mm. because ultimately again i think it just kind of comes down to one watching just a char- two characters interact in interesting ways well three interesting characters because we have beatrice as well um kind of interacting in sort of a classic fairy tale story In but that is subversive in interesting ways but also i think it just kind of comes down to it is about yeah and in, in some ways very similar to Good Place, it is about morals. The reality yeah. is about morals, yeah. um, and the value you place on kind of the stories that you tell and you actually give a crap about, and your ability to interact in those stories. You know, I think you know fairy tales feel very distant to us because they're they are so moralistic and so pat, and like life. We and as we get outmoded, and we get more them, into yeah. modernism, and we get more into. A, a, a world that is you know whatever you want to say um, like it's kind of the uh uh the the the, the uh, what's the word i'm trying to for the kind of loss of innocence element too of like ah the simpler older americana times even yeah. though those times were uh terrible but you know in their own yeah, ways yeah. and had yeah. their own awfulness and you know and uh, different kinds but you know it's not as like I don't know. It's it's also the blurring effect of history too. Because like the farther you get away from the 1800s, and 1900s, the more you can look back and be like, oh, but what a better time when you could get on a riverboat and go down the right on the Mississippi, and which is uh, something you
1: can solve like with surrealism by making like everybody on the riverboat be a frog, and <laughs> so you right. don't have to worry about like you know class divisions that, and racism and everything so yeah I, that's I, absolutely I, I was, yeah i actually
0: hadn't thought about that but yeah that's a that's 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 probably why they did that right <laughs> the,
2: the, the 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 group of pumpkins don't have to be you know necessarily one group of people you know but they're just kind yeah. of a representation of general small town american weirdness you know and uh, the idea of you know you know, often the small town showed them the corn thing of like the small towns will eventually eat each other and destroy each other in their isolation, you know? Right. So here's like a literal mm-hmm. town full of dead people. <laughs> it's like literally the death of the American small town is dead people and, yeah. and hot pumpkin yeah. masks dancing around. But then that's also where you can go too far into like over analyzing it. And I think it's, I think it's, there's elements there. And I, I do think maybe I can agree with Trevor, maybe there's a little bit of like trying to hold back. So it could be everything for everybody, but I think I, so. There are enough sort of m- themes about morality, and I think mostly character, which is like focusing you know, on two very good characters in the surreal world doesn't just make it daisies. You know, doesn't make it just surrealism right, for exactly. sake. And, 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 and you don't care doesn't... about these two people, and you don't give a shit, and you're bored.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. And it and it's it's important to contextualize like the difference between this and something totally over surreal, but also like you know for me, like you're, 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 Couching it as a criticism that it's everything for everybody, and for me, it's kind of like the strength of the world is that you can take it in so many directions. Like it's, you know, for me, like an allegorical text that's ripe for interpretation, or just you know, looking at it in different versions or ways is a good thing in of itself. And the fact that this is like allegorically broad is like I guess like the word it is, and that's Mm -hmm. just because they're using like the fairy tale mythos to do it. So it was going to be allegorically broad to begin with. I don't necessarily know that allegorically broad is the way to put it. But the point is, is that like the fact that it can mean a lot of different things and it, and it, and it works in many different ways and also ways that are probably unintended is not necessarily for me a bad thing about the series. And in fact, it's kind of a strength.
1: No, I don't think multiplicity of interpretation is like necessarily a bad thing. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I think, um, I probably will watch it again. I think overall I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Um, Part of me, part part of my like base emotional reaction to it is always going to be the sense of irony, like um, even in the closing episode when the narrator comes back and says, "And everybody was satisfied by the ending, and nothing more to see here." And you yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> know well, I mean, there's no, it. there's not really a
0: narrator at the end. It's really more of a just a kind of a. It's really just more of like a thing showing. Oh, he's here. He's here. He's here. Everybody's happy, and and uh, Greg puts the rock back, which is. Probably my favorite thing about that uh, series. I love that when 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 Greg puts the rock back, I'm like, holy fuck! (laughs) Like, like, and it's about and and that that is like another thing. And that and I understand like you know you can talk about sin and everything else, and it's like, but that's like a like you know whatever that moment means. Like, and and I have my own personal theory. It may not be yours, but I do think that moment is like powerful in terms of like this succession of like who threw the first stone, and it's like it's Greg actually. Which surprisingly,
1: yeah, yeah, but the narrator does say, and everybody was happy with the ending. I didn't, I don't remember that part of it, honestly. I don't, don't, yeah, it's right
0: before the song. uh Maybe you
1: do need to watch it again. I'm sorry,
0: I would like to point out someone
2: on YouTube has cut together the opening and closing song, and they perfectly make oh, yeah, I watched that. That was nice. Collect together and each image mirrors each other, and that's just like that's really cool filmmaking. <laughs> I just really like that. That's that's yeah. great.
0: Yeah. Whether or not, yeah, let's talk about the
2: like... songs for a bit. They're very interesting. They are also very old schooly, kind of, I don't know, phonograph era songs, I guess, but they don't ever feel I don't know, I don't Some get that them. La La Land oh. vibe of like trying too hard sometimes, you know, yeah. old school, like trying to reach back. It just kind of feels like songs of the era. I'm not sure how they kind of what they went to do about doing it but it just kind of feels like i could look back and be like oh no this was sung by Cap calloway or this was sung by you know well Ed there are James, some so this was a uh,
1: like um 20s or 30s i can't remember which like there is one song and then there actually is just a whole an old song
2: yeah, i can believe that yeah it's just yeah. there's a lot that aren't like the highway man and like the and, there, and i think part of it is like when you look at the links that's like one minute 30 seconds you know t- mm-hmm. t- two minutes at tops like they don't ever overstay their welcome and it's not like a musical show even though it is no has a lot I, of music in it
1: i think the lyrics are incredibly poetic and i really enjoy the poetry of the lyrics honestly and just the whole aesthetic that's created and the art and the backgrounds and everything they've talked about like you know the creator insisting like cartoon network was doing a movies division they're like hey you want to make it a movie and he's like no he's like hey you want to make it a series and he's like mm. <laughs> it's like that's the reason it's so beautiful still so i definitely acknowledge that mind watching it i'm
2: again. glad it's not a movie because i think they would have tried to force more of a structure on it now maybe that would work better <laughs> for trevor but uh maybe but I, think I don't know i don't know the episodic element of it is nice cuz it just kind of flows and like all of a sudden they're in a big mansion like they're kind of explain how they got to that big mansion but like that's like the episode now and also can i just give it up for the show for leading up to one of the most audacious puns ever ever yeah. ending of an episode <laughs> which is you know they do this whole crazy shenanigan thing with this guy just to get two cents and then he throws the pennies into the fountain he goes why did you do that he goes they were wrong i got no sense I got no sense at all. It's <laughs> <is> pretty good. <laughs> Incredible. I was ten out of ten best show i yeah. <laughs> <Like just that laughs> oh. Fabulous joke.
1: Oh. That's a good as good a place to end as yeah. me. I have
0: I've debated scoring this, but I don't I don't really think so. Well I guess I,
2: I just Quick question: Does anyone have like a particular favorite episode or an episode that kind of gets to them?
0: Oh yes, sir. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a I'm a very big fan of the ending and kind of and again, I think that the best context of the show is uh is kind of the kind of the bit, but lullaby and Frogland is definitely my favorite.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, the one on the steamboat. That's correct. Yeah, it's so it's where they in the, the, where they the do the over the song. garden wall
0: song. Yeah, and it also has it has a lot of big moments for Wart, uh, specifically and Beatrice as well. Um, that's when they made Adelaide, right? right?
2: No, well, yeah, right, right after that, right at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They they and originally. They oh, you're right.
0: That. Lullaby and Frogland is the end of Adelaide. Yeah, she dies in that episode. Yeah, I I don't know why I assumed it's the next episode where that happens because
2: definitely. I think they pack in like a five minute episode at the end it's actually kind of yeah it's like
0: two episodes really yeah i
1: also heard something about that and like originally wanted to be its own episode but like that makes lead more up to it or something yeah
0: it's funny to me that we don't even deal with the fact that wart essentially gives up at the end and like becomes depressed and gives up and that's the that's kind of the secondary point um that we that we just haven't dealt with that issue in his character you know what i mean
1: well when you said we haven't dealt with it like we haven't talked about it.
0: Well it's just one of I guess it's just like it's just associated with the fear of like death and stuff but like you know he overanalyzes to the point that he f- doesn't have any way forward and then just gives up.
1: Yeah like hope is like the luxury of the the naive kind of is the application there. No the that's her. a that's
0: that's that's a very different thing than i was saying. I mean hope like uh, I guess. I mean, maybe. I, I was know, just trying to relate maybe. it back to
1: the overanalyzing thing, which I yeah. don't. I, I guess see as his like tragic flaw, really. <laughs> but I just. I, don't know, I need to watch it again. I guess. It's yeah. I don't know that it's a. Uh, I don't,
0: he's not a. He's not a. He's not a Greek hero, definitely by any stretch.
1: No.
2: I really like. There's this the thing is I got there's bits in a lot of the episodes I like when I look over because I'm like, oh. Like the school town follies one, I just really weirdly love the weird, uh, very old school like eighteen hundreds primed proper teacher who's like so cartoonishly like, oh my lost love, and then yeah. like the <laughs> immensely stupid reveal that he was the gorilla the entire time. Immensely like, that's stupid. That's just yeah. kind of dumb, dumb joke that I really appreciate. And then like, I, uh, I, I think. It's a tough choice between ringing of the bell, which is the the uh, one with uh, anti whispers, and I just really like the kind of reveals of that one. And I just think it's really fascinating. But also, I also really like songs of the dark lantern. I just like the whole idea of like you have an assigned thing. I'm the butcher. I'm the sailor. I'm the mm-hmm. highwayman. Like like this whole again kind of playing with the tropes idea that like people in fairy tales don't have inner lives. They are the woodsman, thing. the yeah. person.
1: And arguably, like, for Ward, who's going through adolescence, is like, well, you just have to be something. Like, so, you know, you're one of these things. Oh, you're the pilgrim. That's what you are. Like, and accept your label. You know, like, that's a very millennial. Right. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, you're
2: the lover. You're getting married. You know, like, yeah.
1: that must mean you're getting. Yeah, exactly.
2: All right. Let's score this, I think. Oh, right? no,
0: but did you want to tell us your favorite episode, Ben or Trevor? Oh, I got to pick up. I guess. Yep.
2: I guess I'll say Songs of the Dark Lantern, just because I think it was when the show kind of coalesces into something fairly interesting. No. Yeah, it, uh, yeah I'm going with that. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> the probably, Ringing of the Bell is... As we get is, in a year, it'll probably yeah. be different. Like, it, 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 be we
0: probably, and it's funny to me that like our agreed-upon best episode would probably be The Ringing of the Bell.
1: I think probably The Ringing of the Bell has Land. the best, like, oh, fuck, moment. Yeah, The, ring, <laughs> no the Ringing that, of the Bell is like, nice. the
0: most dark fantasy the show gets. Uh, and
2: Evil Lorna is legitimately scary <laughs> this right. is a really <laughs> yeah. scary design that is straight out of like coralline or something that is ugh.
1: yeah i think lullaby and is probably the height of the aesthetic of the show if i had to pick a favorite for me brown boy too that'd probably be mine i, yeah. I think the song the Over song
2: while song is the best moment in the show yeah. for sure yeah
1: yeah and the frogs and, are loving it and you're like oh the frogs like it
0: and- I yeah. like it. I mean, and then they just like they just jump into piles of like mud at the end and you're just like oh whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i love i love like how along for the ride i am by that point in the show i'm like yeah whatever it's whatever cool.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> meanwhile i'm sure. like what does it mean maybe maybe that's mean? maybe i'm like work maybe i failed to learn the ret- lesson of the show because that's um, that's that's it's, it's too <laughs> no that's <laughs> clearly i just need to watch it again so i'm yeah. getting yeah <laughs> all right from everyone here at the movie gang well, we're not okay. gonna do
0: ratings <laughs> oh i wasn't going to honestly i was gonna oh. skip it do you want to rate it oh, okay let's do it let's do it come on all right i can rate but, it i mean if you guys could think you can. i mean it's ben, just ben one Ben already so so i'm not i'm not pushing at all i'm very happy to thing. do ratings
2: so i already have my rating so i'll just do it yeah uh, i'm gonna give it a an 8.5 um this is generally very very interesting show um I do feel like there's just like something missing, but I'm not sure what it is. Um, But I I think it's just so unique in terms of visual style, in terms of uh, music and atmosphere, and creating kind of a mood, which is very tough to do with animation. And so much of animation, animated shows is about finding that mood and that style, and and very rarely does a show get it that quickly and. So for you know, this show had to because it's only 10, 11 minute episodes. That's fair. You can watch it in the course of a movie. It's like a, it's basically a two hour movie when you put it all together. So even though it's very clearly episodic, so you know if you watch it in episodes, you're you're fine, you know. But it's easy to binge, is what I'm saying. Um, but I th- I think there's just something very unique and beautiful about it and this kind of weird treasure and very strange existence of it maybe that props it up a little bit for me i can admit but it, it is just something that is in in kind of a firefly way you know <laughs> like mm. maybe firefly is better because it's only 13 episodes i don't know but probably it's, it's something very <laughs> special to me and something i'll probably watch every year and just like a, an interesting little artifact it's uh worth at least worth checking out i, I think even even grumpy old Trevor would say. Uh, it's don't, 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 don't. don't. Know, we're, we're, not saying, being, we're not saying, we're not saying grumpy old
0: Trevor it's, anymore. I, 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 I it's I'm okay. Sorry, it's, no. only when, it's only
1: one. it's only one.
2: No, I was doing it more of like a <laughs> doing more of a jokey Greg style bit about it. He's, he had good points. Um, so yeah, 8.5. It's, it's, it's very charming and very lovely. And it's just, every time I watch it, I'm just kind of taken by it. And, uh, yeah, I recommend checking it out. It's all on Hulu, too. So at least it's been on Hulu for a while. So hopefully it'll just kind of stick around on there. So if you have Hulu, go check it out. It's, it's worth it. Or get the DVDs. Maybe that's what I'll do because
0: I'll probably watch it every year. So I'm, I'm going to go buy I'm the DVD now, buy now, the now that I'm about it. I'm terrible. But I agree with you, too. It is kind of like a great it's, Filmstruck DVD because
2: yeah, has hurt me. now <laughs> After Filmstruck is closing, I'm just like, I must buy all the physical media. They'll take it away from me. <laughs> like, I just yeah. need it.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm going to become a hoarder soon. Yeah. Uh Trevor, you're up next.
1: Um, so disclaimer, as we do, I feel weird about giving it a rating because there's nothing fucking like this. It's a ten episode and miniseries with an enormous amount of production quality that's gone into it and in like artistic pedigree I think that I really respect and get why people are so fascinated with and really like. Um and I did enjoy watching it. I was interested. I think i'm open to watching it again um just because there's layer upon layer of stuff to appreciate in it and like this kind of multiplicity of readings that are fun to bring to it um i guess at the end of the day i'm still like feel like i was i I have this emotional distinction i can't get away from is being like bewitched by the aesthetic of it and the like the sound and the image of it and wanting to, I guess, you know, there can be successful stories that are based in their music and based in their, like their, their visual. And maybe, which, you know, to y'all's points, like the narrative does work for you. And the the, there is character work there. I think maybe I just need to see it again because I think maybe I I don't want to, I want to give myself more credit than saying the character work is, too subtle for me like it's there but I just didn't pick it up on my reading because I think like part of the way the aesthetic works is an ironic distance for me it's that's something I couldn't get away from it's like the Elijah Wood factor in it and everything being like I can't get away from that as being my first like emotional reaction to it um it's like not a bad thing but just like opposed to like me taking like a sincere and like really truly emotional connection happening with it at the same time um, but if there is a show that is a meeting place for those two things, if it's fair for me to correct- characterize this show that way, uh, this is beautiful and might be the show to make me think more about that and possibly get over it. Um, so I think I'm going to rate it at an eight, um, with the reservation right. that maybe I need to watch it again and like immense respect for the production quality in it. And again, there's just, I just don't think there's very much like this. Like there are, there are other good cartoons, you know, like I love gravity falls and just as an example of something that also is like in the weird, it's not, you know, by any means like this level of surreal and this level of, um, you know, um, aesthetic, but you know, it, this is really unique. It's just this concentrated thing that doesn't like give you any easy answers. I feel like, um, I, I respect that about it. So. Yeah.
0: Uh, for me, uh, I honestly think, uh, over the garden wall is, is, is approaching perfection in terms of the series. And frankly, like I've watched it enough at this point now to think that like a little bit, my favorite time of year is fall and garden over the garden wall is a part of my fall experience now. And, uh, mm. I'm very happy about that. It's one of those things. It's like, you know, I could take or leave football during like Thanksgiving, but you better not take away my over the garden wall or our rewatch of that real quick during like fall. And, uh, for that reason, I give it a nine. I think it's, really 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 good i think it's got a lot of great moments i think there's a lot of actual good character elements to plot through lines but more importantly it's just a masterpiece of like creating an atmosphere and putting the pressure of that atmosphere upon people and bringing you into the subject and freaking you out in nice subtle ways that it was also creating an enjoyable experience this is the kind of uh dark humor and stuff that i that i really genuinely like and uh also i'm a sucker for puns so i had no chance against the show (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> that's a rock fact. <laughs> that's yeah, <a> rock fact. <laughs> that's a rock fact. Okay, <laughs> the movie gang podcast gives Over the Garden Wall an eight point five out of ten. Uh, for everyone here at the movie gang podcast, this has been Trevor Flynn, <laughs> bye, and Ben Haworth.
2: Want to head check Manny just real quick, just to say, if you want to something similar like this, I would recommend the video game Night in the Woods. Ooh. Also takes place at autumn. All about uh, sort of animal people and like it's about a girl coming home from college uh kind of early and and, and dealing with coming home but it's also a lot about autumn and has kind of a i don't i don't want to spoil anything but it has a it has a twist to it that's kind of Ooh, i'm down i want
0: to go it's on ps4 i'll go do it that's gonna be fun yeah it's,
2: it's it's not like a traditional video game it's more just kind of a classic kind of storytelling game so don't expect like a lot of you know play... It, it's like, it's controllable. It's not like... No, no, I set, know what you mean. It's, it's a, you know it's what I'm saying. Just, it's a storytelling Yeah, game, yeah so it's, it's just, storytelling. It's what they do. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You get me. All right. I just feel like I have to couch that for some people because they're like... I'm
1: going to shoot I don't
0: know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right, you, you have the... Yeah, like the fucking
2: lovely pretentious, and I mean this in the loveliest way, the person who made me play that game where you just like walk to a pier. (laughs) What is that game? Where you just listen to narration and walk. The game was awesome. I oh, know. I love that game. <laughs> yeah. So, <who laughs> still I still love
0: that to? game. I, <laughs> I still love that game. It's 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 super. It's super. Yeah. <laughs> In retrospect, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those. things uh, I played that game more than once too, so I I have no defense. Oh boy! Wow. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> I was getting I was getting my money's worth out of that five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I've been your host Jack Newman thank you for listening to the Movie Gang Podcast if you want to check us out head on over to Tuskinshed.com backslash support us to find a myriad number of ways to help support the Tuscan Shed Media Network uh, on Google we're Tuscan Shed Media Network also check out all our other podcasts including Geek Space Nine Animania, Live Long and Discover, Pen and Paper Pod and coming back uh, soon uh, a feast for bros check out all those other podcasts and uh, once again from everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast thank you for listening